Thanks for listening to Freelance Bristol Mum. This week we're catching up with Louise from Baby Bites. You might remember I spoke with her a few months ago. She runs some excellent courses in baby weaning and how to demystify cooking for a family, which, let's face it, can be a challenge at the best of times. And this month I caught up with her and we were talking about, well, conjuring up a little taste of the Algarve right here in Bristol. More of a Spanish family favourite than a British family favourite, but very easy to make. Um, a little bit of practice because it's quite easy to burn the bottom Um, and if you don't have a non-stick pan it's quite easy for it to get stuck but it's not if you start with the right pan um, and a decent recipe now that explains I saw you coming into the house holding is it a favorite pan because it kind of looks like it almost looks like my first frying pan (laughs) it's a beautiful little pan looks like you could just fit one egg in how many will this feed so this will feed four um, and the nice thing about this pan, I think it's an 18 centimetre pan, but I will check. <laughs> it's it's perfect for, if you're making a tortilla, a lot of people have big frying pans, you'd need about 20 eggs and you'd be eating tortilla for a week. So getting a really nice small frying pan means you can do a mix with four or five eggs, enough potatoes for a meal time, um, and then have it with other things like green beans or roasted veg or um salad but it's pretty much any time of year and then you just serve it up with whatever's in season yes exactly um and it's really delicious warm and you can do it with tomato sauces you know nice tomato sauce as well um or having it cold in lunch boxes en route to going places in picnic bag you know in the picnic bag um it's a good kind of going everywhere doing everything if you're spanish they're particularly fond of having tortilla sandwiches so you know that's a real kind of Great dose of carbohydrates, a great big slab of potato and egg in between two big pieces of bread. But I prefer having it with salad and some fresh vegetables. Brilliant. So let's get started. What ingredients have we got here today? Right, so we've got some eggs, some local eggs, um, some shallots and some uh, new potatoes um, or salad potatoes. You need a waxy potato that's not going to fall apart as it cooks. Um, And what we're going to start with is... Cutting up a shallot. What is it about shallots? They are they are nicer than onions, aren't they? Yeah, they're sweeter. Mm. So we're going to chop up a shallot. We don't need to cu- cut it really finely. I'm just going to cut it into rings. And then we're going to cut the potatoes into little discs. Do you have any tips for eyes watering, Louise? They're lots of old wives' tales, aren't they? Spoons under tongues and things yeah. like that. A pair of swimming goggles. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely foolproof, that one. <laughs> or a snorkelling mask. Now everyone's laughing with hysterics at how silly you look. So you're chopping this really finely then. Yeah. And what we're going to do is put it in with some oil. And actually, quite a bit of oil. More oil than you might think you want to use. Because what you're trying to do is you're not really trying to fry the onions in a traditional sense sense you're just trying to sweat everything down and the potatoes are going to go in with the oil as well and the onions and they're going to be left to cook for about 15 minutes very slow and low um, so that everything cooks through but it's not really browning very much you don't want it to go all crispy the thing I can't get over the size of this pan Louise I, I keep thinking how's she going to fit it all in she's sure she knows what she's doing here well the onions has a good covering of oil on the bottom of the pan. It's a very big glug, isn't it? It is a very big glug, mm. but it's olive oil, so it's good for you, so it's mm. fine. And the onions, um, as they cook down, will lose most of their like, body and weight anyway. You know, there'll, there'll be very little left. They reduce, by the time. yeah. Yeah. Right, and then we'll get the 
wash the potatoes. I've got some little salad potatoes here. That's what a dozen or so thereabouts, isn't it? Yeah, and I'll see. I mean, I just kind of we want the pan to be about two thirds full of potato, so I might not use them all. Them, just keep them as they are. This is my kind of cooking. Yes. Well, with all vegetables, there's a lot of nutrients in the skin and just under the skin, so wherever possible. It looks like a really nice knife. It's cutting through very cleanly. Yeah, it's actually. I'd normally use a bigger knife, but <laughs> I've got a little veg prep knife. Knife. Um, I think they're little Swiss ones, but they are very. Lots of kitchen gadgets you can buy now, aren't there? I mean, do you ever go in for these things you can whack on the side and chop something into a gazillion pieces, or do you just stick to the humble knife? Um, I am quite a fan of the humble knife. When I'm cooking en masse, I might go in for a few more of the gadgets. Yeah, I think a lot of people find the worst thing about cooking is um, that it takes so long to prep all the veg. So actually having a good knife and keeping it sharp can make... Yeah, a lot of people are cooking with blunt knives and then wondering why it takes them half an hour to chop something, you know, chop a carrot and fish up in their knives. Um, it will glide through. It will glide through, yeah. Um, and also what a lot of people don't realise is that you can go to a local hardware store and get your knives sharpened for about £2.50 a knife. And so people quite, um, quite often have people coming on cookery classes saying, Oh, you know, we've got these amazing cook, um, these amazing knives for our wedding and kind of top of the range, this, that and the other brand. And But they're rubbish now. <laughs> it's five years on and they've never, ever sharpened them. You, know, you can buy the best knife in the world. If you don't sharpen it and look after it, it's not going to cut through anything. So, yeah, look after your knives. Take them to... And if you can't sharpen them yourselves, take them somewhere else. Get the best out of them. Yeah, get them sharpened. Now, those shallots are starting to do something, aren't they? We've got it on the lowest setting. Oops. Got it on the lowest setting on the smallest hob. Um, And we'll put in some potatoes as well. It's also very handy if you've got a pan that a lid, it either comes with a lid or you've got another pan lid that will fit on it. Because we kind of want to trap the heat. So at this this point, they don't need to be all nicely organised. We are just kind of piling them in. Um, And then putting a lid on. And then we leave it for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes until the potatoes have started to soften. So, so far, this is really quite simple. You, We've just got your shallot sautéing, your potatoes on top. Yeah. And in the next 10 minutes, what do we do? Feet up, cup of tea? Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um, yeah, we can crack the eggs and get the eggs ready. Um, we can put some herbs in with the eggs. Um, if you're not cooking for very young children, you can put a little bit of salt in. Um, if you're cooking cooking this, if you've got a small baby in the house, I wouldn't put any salt in it. But if they're slightly older, you can put a little pinch of salt in. Um, some black pepper. If you've got some herbs, um, you could put a bit of rosemary in from the garden or a bit of fresh parsley. But yeah, other than that, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty straightforward. It's a, a really nice, easy then family meal, this one. Yes, and it's just it's one of those things that's quite good for midweek or when you haven't been shopping and you tend to have potatoes and eggs in mm. you know um, and the other thing you can do as well is if you don't have normal potatoes in or you're trying to cut down on carbohydrates a bit do a sweet potato or with pumpkin mm. and do you know kind of mix and it squashes up as well i guess is yeah. something that you could use yeah any squashes that you've got growing in the garden any of the squash glut that mm. is around at this time of year 
and will go really nicely in it as well. What separates this from a traditional English omelette, which I always think of being much more cheesy and eggy almost? Yeah, Um, and also thinner and faster cooking Mm. with an omelette. You tend to choose two or three ingredients, like mushrooms or something, cook them off a little bit first and then put the eggs in the pan and sprinkle that on top and you tend to make an individual omelette per person, whereas tortillas, you can kind of make them as big as the number of people you have coming round. And on this, you're working on one egg per person, pretty much? Yeah, and depending on the size of the pan, I mean, you could even do a pan slightly bigger than that and maybe do an egg and a half per person. But yeah, an egg per person, especially for children, is about right. So, and you can, because it's quite a nice, um, it goes with so many other things. It's very easy to bulk the meal out with other things, you know, doing like lots of veg and salads and stuff on the side and it keeps very well as well. So you can do a bigger one or do a couple at a time um, and have one in the fridge for the next day, send out in various lunch boxes and... So quite a modest meal, really. The basics you should always have in the house, but it can still look pretty impressive yeah. depending on how it's um, getting dressed up or down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's not many people who go, oh, tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> how is Baby Bites in general, Louise? I gather it's going on from strength to strength. Yeah, things are good. I've had a bit of time off because I've been having a second baby mm. and now he's nine months old and kind of ready to hit the road running again this autumn we're starting new classes we're doing before we've always done individual classes that people can turn into a course if they wish to and in response to kind of what people want um, what people have said about the classes is we're starting a four-week um, kind of completely comprehensive weaning course so and we've made the sessions slightly shorter so people are only coming along for an hour and a half so it's less time for them to have to cope with a baby and cooking as as with all the other classes they can get as involved or uninvolved with the cooking as they like they can either be at the table and be chopping and doing everything or they can sit on a sofa with a cup of tea Mm. and watch everyone else cook and just kind of soak it in and cuddle their baby and so that kind of format will remain um but we're breaking the course into four weekly sessions so people can come along once a week for an hour and a half um we'll do three recipes they'll take home lots of portions of food to go in the freezer all ready for their baby so it's kind of a really nice way of kind of getting to know the group that you're coming along with getting to know lots about weaning lots of ideas all about finger foods and kind of family foods and early foods and just kind of moving through all the different stages and and stocking up your freezer and stocking up your (laughs) freezer as you do it yeah we'll do lots of um things that come up again and again uh, healthy put ideas quick healthy puddings people always get stuck on their fruit and yogurt um so ideas for that lots of ideas for breakfasts um and lots of ideas for snacks they, they always seem to be like real sticking points that people can do interesting meals for lunch and dinner but they really kind of get stuck on the other meals or the other kind of um eating times during the day so we'll do lots of things focusing on the stuff that it, would be, it gives us more time to focus on different subjects rather than whizzing through everything in a couple of hours and so it should give people a really kind of nice grounding because I think the mistake I made with Jemima is probably a common mistake in that you sort of think oh brilliant rice pudding's a hit fab make a great big batch of rice pudding out it comes and then every day yeah (laughs) funnily enough she goes off rice pudding and it completely throws me and and I really am then up a gum tree and she's gone off yogurt as well and you're singing Oh, I don't know what to do now. Yeah. And it's, it's a no-brainer, really. If I was given rice pudding every day, I'd get bored of it too. Yes. 
once you've had something about three times in a row, it's the same as, you know, if you make something that's really delicious for dinner one day, you don't mind having it for lunch. It's great having leftovers the next day. If you're then eating it for the third meal running, you're starting to feel like, well, it's okay because at least the effort's been done. But you you've kind of definitely had enough of it by meal three. And it's the same for babies, you know, they need variety. And, you know, if you keep pulling out the rice pudding once a week, then that's great, but... And as for breakfast, that's another interesting one because I've got friends at the moment. At the moment, Weetabix is still a hit in our house. Yeah. Um, weekends are easier. We can do pancakes and porridge, and those are you know when there's a bit more time available. Yeah. But can't but help think my Weetabix luck is about to run out. Mm-hmm. What's the next thing to reach for? Right. How old is Jemima now? Seventeen months. Seventeen months. Um, in our house, we eat loads of muesli. Mm. But not, that's not everyone's thing. But I've started the kids, kids on it quite young and I get the nice Dorset cereals. It's got lots of dried like papaya and pineapple in and stuff. Um, I avoid the ones that have got whole nuts in them, but I go for the nice fruity mixes. You can get like berries and cherries and stuff. And they've always really enjoyed those. And we tend to do that in summer and porridge in winter. Other than that. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Um, French toast. French toast, doing eggy bread. Yeah. And you could either do it with fruit or just do it savoury, mm. you know. Just And then it's quite nice because although you've got to mix up an egg and dip the toast in it and fry it mm. quickly, you can then just cut it into fingers and leave them mm. to get stuck into it. Yeah, pancakes are, are definitely a weekend breakfast, mm. aren't they? Yeah. Eggs, we quite often do eggs in the morning mm. as well because I quite like having something hot on a cold mm. morning. And I get slightly um, perplexed by some friends we're already reaching for Wheatos and telling me that Wheatos are also a healthy snack and I can't bring myself to reach for the Wheatos yet. No, any... I try and... I personally think that talking to various dietitians and nutritionists, they all seem to be in agreement that children's cereals are devoid of any nutritional content and um, often have very high levels of salt and sugar. As an adult, if you eat a bowl of cornflakes or a bowl of Wheatos or something, within about an hour you're hungry again. And we're not growing and we're most of the time just sitting at a desk or doing you know, relatively you know, relaxed activities, whereas children are go, 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 go mm-hmm. all the time. And if they've only had a bowl of Wheatos or cornflakes, they haven't got a lot to be going on with. So... I try to do something more... A bit more substantial. A bit more substantial, yeah. And just doing interesting um, porridge mixes. If they eat porridge, just kind of jazzing it up a bit, putting some kind of nuts and seeds and like ground nuts and um, tablespoons of ground almonds or poppy seeds and different kinds of dried fruit in there, vanilla, acer, vanilla extract, cinnamon, things like that, just to make it actually really tasty and interesting. And um, you can try doing it with different kinds of milk, doing it with like coconut milk and almond milk and mixing it up mm. but um a bowl of porridge in the microwave should only take two or three minutes mm. so it's kind you know it doesn't take that much longer than cereal in a bowl and a bit of milk yeah. it's sounding good over here meanwhile there's a gorgeous bubbling sound yeah so you can see that nothing's browning in the pan and you can see that the potatoes are starting to cook through they're going golden aren't they well they're changing the you can just see that they're kind of still really rock hard in the middle but they're starting to soften around the outside where they're changing, they're kind of going... You can see the centre, yeah. yeah. They're almost like chestnuts, aren't they, water chestnuts? Yeah, and some, some of them have been nearer the bottom and quite soft now. So I'll just give it, a, oopsie, give it a nice mix around. It's funny, isn't it? Such a simplistic combination can just smell delicious. Yes, it can. And those um, shallots, they just 
look gorgeous, yeah, really. They're all kind of going melting mm. and soft, and they've all gone translucent, and they'll just get sweeter and sweeter as we continue to cook it. So I think need a few more minutes because basically, at the point the eggs go in, the potatoes have to be cooked through because the eggs cook through quickly and they have to be on a nice low heat. So you don't want them cooked to the point where they're falling apart, but you do want a knife to pass through easily. There's kind of a little bit of resistance there. So I think maybe another five minutes with the lid back on. I've been doing your boingy sponge fingers test when it comes to muffins in the oven. Have you? Oh, yeah, I have. Very pleased to say. Good. And how were the muffins with um, Jemima? Did she like them? Uh, they were an absolute hit. Oh, did, yeah. they, did they make them home face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just... I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> but yeah. And I did a variation of beetroot and courgette, funnily enough, with the glut of courgettes, which was also a oh, hit. Lovely. Yeah. Alright, so we're mixing the eggs. And we're going to dig out some herbs to pop in here. And some cracked pepper. Does it make a difference what size? Have you gone for large or...? Well, these are just medium ones. Which, when I put the potatoes back in, I might end up adding one more egg. Um, because they are... They're not the biggest eggs in the world. Um, so you, you kind of need to plant a little bit by the yeah. uh, Right, so what we're going to do, a little bit of pepper... And you don't worry about um, the peppercorns, you know, not being too spicy for your little one? No, not really. I try and do it on a fine... Um, setting. <laughs> on a fine setting, yeah. Um, but pepper is a very good flavour enhancer and actually has, this, um, has the same effect as salt on food. Um, so it's one of those things that I wouldn't put something that's got great big chunks of peppercorn into a very small baby, but it's very good for using with small children and... You know, small quantities, mm. you're just using finely ground pepper, mm. um, where you're missing out the salt because it just kind of helps get the flavours going mm. in the same way that salt does. Um, and adding things like pepper and herbs and all these things give give those layers of flavour that you kind of expect from something. People who make baby food and they just put two or three ingredients together, quite often not cooking them in any oil first, just kind of sticking them with a load of water in a pan, boiling it to death, whizzing it up and then saying, my baby seems to like it, but I think it's revolting. I don't want to eat that. Um, well, you know, there's nothing in there to make it taste nice. Um, we wouldn't do that if we we're making soup for ourselves. You know, we'd always kind of cook the onions and the garlic and things first. So um, I would suggest doing the same for your baby, um, making things taste as nice as you can by adding lots of flavours. If it's something that can be um, sautéed first, sauté it first to get all the flavours started and just yeah make food exciting for them um there's no reason that they need to have really bland food you know baby food can be very tasty very exciting very interesting without adding salt and sugar you know there's it's it's maybe a little harder to make food taste nice but there's lots of tricks you know adding a squeeze of lemon to things makes a huge difference cooking your onions for a long time you know giving the you know just taking that extra little bit of time at the beginning and giving them a good 10-15 minutes if you can, just cooking low and slow and that kind of makes them really lovely and sweet. Um, adding balsamic vinegar um, to dishes, so any kind of tomatoey dish or casserole dish and it has the same effect as add, uh, adding wine. It kind of cuts through things and adds another depth of, um, another layer of flavour and um, just kind of enhances flavours. Um, and you don't taste it thinking, this is a beef and balsamic stew. <laughs> it's funny you should say that because my other half doesn't drink and I don't eat meat. Yeah. So I've done slow-cooked meals for him before mm -hmm. and replaced 
the wine with balsamic, which is an interesting experience because I'm not tasting it along the way. Right, okay. And he always says that tastes okay. And that was just a hunch, me working on the fact that, well, this is, I think I like balsamic. I think this would yeah. go well. So that is a good substitute for wine yes. then. Brilliant. Um, yeah, if you've got wine around the kitchen... If you have, if you're the kind of house that has half open bottles of wine <laughs> left around, then you can use a cup of wine in sauces. But quite often, um, if you don't, um, then yeah, a few tablespoons of balsamic vinegar does the job brilliantly. Um, you can cook with wine for babies. Obviously, you want to make sure that it's something that then cooks, is bubbling away for a good few minutes after you've added the wine to make sure that all the alcohol's burnt off. Um, but if the alcohol has gone, there's no re- you know, if you're making a risotto, Adding a glass of white wine at the beginning, it makes things taste much nicer. You'll enjoy it more. Your baby will enjoy it more. Um, you're more likely to share food because you're cooking something that's made that tastes nice for both of you, mm. um, and you miss the salt less. Mm. You know, people who kind of make a risotto for their baby and they're adding water and you know just a little bit of onion and then some rice and maybe some pumpkin. It's not going to taste that interesting. Whereas you kind of adds garlic and some herbs and a glass of wine and suddenly it starts getting a little bit more sounds much lovely and a much nicer experience as a family this pan is bubbling away now and the sort of the hard centers you can definitely see they were quite visible before they've gone all together now yeah so let's just check there might be one or two but yeah nothing has nothing's actually gone brown it's just all kind of it's just going translucent and soft um the potatoes are changing color they're kind of going a waxy yellow colour. They're almost like crisps, aren't they? A really good crisp yeah. that you might get. Yeah. Um, but there's no crunchy bits on them. We want to keep them nice and soft. And what we'll do is we'll give that a couple more minutes. Um, and then we will tip the potatoes into the egg mix. And mix it, make sure that everything's well coated and combined. And then we'll transfer that back into the pan. This is a non-stick pan, so I won't add any more oil at that point. If you're using just a well-seasoned pan, you would probably add some more oil. Um, And then we'll put a lid on it, leave it on a low heat for a few more minutes to let the base cook, and then I'll put it under a grill. It's incredibly, it smells amazing, given there's such few ingredients in here. Yeah, at the moment it's just potatoes and onion. What we could do, actually, is um, add a little bit of garlic. That would be nice. Now, your eldest is going to school this year. How do you feel when it comes to school dinners? I'm not sure what they're going to be like. Um, I did let him, he did, at his last nursery, he did have school dinners there. They seemed to be fine. I didn't know what they were most of the time because he would just come back and he told me that every day that they'd had potatoes and pasta. And um, <laughs> I knew that this was not what they were having every day. <laughs> but he thought it was very funny to tell me that they'd had potatoes and pasta and sometimes rice as well. <laughs> And as a parent, is it strange to think, I have to now trust my child that he will be eating, you know, a balanced meal and he'll eat what's on his plate? Or do you just think, go with it? Yeah, well, up until now, when he was at nursery, he only only had the school dinners there twice a week. So I thought, well, they will be relatively balanced. And when I did go in at lunchtime and the dinner lady would always say, oh, he is a good eater, isn't he? (laughs) Does like his food, doesn't he, Oscar? Him him and... um, Deb, the dinner lady, had a firm relationship, so I thought, well, he's obviously doing all right. He's <laughs> worked out who to make friends with. Um, at his next school, I think we'll just see how it goes. I might do packed lunches for him if he wants them. Um, I know that you can take packed lunches or school dinners, so we'll see, we'll see how he gets on, but I'll let him do what he wants to start off with. 
But yeah, I know there's been a lot of problems with school dinners. I'm just hoping that because they're so young that it's going to be <clears throat> slightly more controlled, that they're not going to just be able to go and get pasta and chips if that's what they fancy. But yeah, until you get to the school, you can't, and you've kind of seen a lunch come out, you don't really know what the quality is going to be like. Sometimes on school lunches, it sounds fantastic on paper, and then you get there and you see it, and it's all been kind of cooked to death and looks rather revolting yeah we'll see we'll see we'll see if he tells you if he's had pasta and rice every day yeah <laughs> his favorite joke yeah. yeah um so i just added a clove of garlic in there just for a bit more flavor and adding putting the lid on all that does is just speed up the cooking process yeah because we don't want it to brown at all really we want it to cook through slowly it just kind of helps trap all the heat so it's cooking the potatoes that are on the top as well rather than just frying everything that's at the bottom and leaving everything that's on the next layer up raw so yeah it just kind of speeds things up a bit and gives us the result we want if you wanted something to be really crispy you don't want the lid on because you want the air to escape the steam to escape but yeah the steam the trap steam is helping cook those potatoes and soften it all up in the process so i think that's they all seem nice and soft now so i think we'll um pop pull those into the now this is nookie i don't know why i've not thought of this before but if i'm ever doing an omelette and i have admit i've not gone as far as a tortilla before i always pull the mix on and then wonder why it's not cooking so thoroughly but yeah doing it vice versa yeah so pouring the potatoes into the egg means that everything gets a good coating and then when we pour it back in you haven't got potato on the bottom and egg on the top trying to drizzle through to the base. I think herbs de Provence is my, are my standard fallback herbs, yeah. actually, Louise. If in doubt, uh, there's always a quick nip of those. It is, yeah. And um, some people turn their nose up at dried herbs, but I think, you know, if you've got fresh herbs growing on the windowsill or in the garden, fantastic, use them. Um, but if you've got boxes of herbs, use those too. You know, they mm. still kind of add flavour to things. Better that they get used and kind of get bought regularly than... I was just going to say that. Do you you check your dates on your herbs? I dread to think how old some of mine are. (laughs) With herbs and spices, you're meant to kind of have them as... Dried herbs and spices have them as fresh as possible. We won't tell anyone. (laughs) Yours are all out of date. (laughs) I won't invite you around for tea. The uh, the idea is that you buy the smallest quantity possible and um, use it up as quickly as possible and keep changing them over. So. I am amazed that it's all fitted in. That's a real TARDIS, that frying pan. It is, isn't it? Mm. And it's quite a filling thing that's gone in there. So, you know, it's only four eggs and some potatoes, but actually that makes quite a substantial little meal. Um, that will do uh, me and my husband and little four-and-a-half-year-old very well with a little slither for the baby. That'll be fine. Now, the only thing that I would be disappointed with, Louise, and I'm not turning my nose up at your cooking, is that I don't think that would look much on a plate. Mm-hmm. I think it would be eyes bigger than tummy, and I'd think, well, where's the rest of it? Yeah. That looks but lovely. That's, that's the, that mm. is the trick with um, adding other things to it. So, mm. you know, doing some roasted vegetables with it, or some steamed beans, things like that, and a big salad, and there's lots of other ways to kind of add mm. stuff on the plate. If you're just doing it for lunch, actually, a light lunch is... It's kind of sufficient. But yeah, if you want more for dinner, I would do lots of vegetables. And actually, I mean, what we're being encouraged to do is eat a lot more veg. People tend to fill up on carbohydrates, whereas carbohydrates haven't got a lot in them. And you can eat a lot of vegetables and actually not consume that much in the way of 
calories and it's much better for you there's lots of them around (laughs) they're easy to grow um so yeah it kind of holds with that as well you know eat more veg there's a a writer called michael pollan and his saying is eat food mostly plants not too much and um i think that's that sums it up very nicely and that we we have a very we tend to eat a lot of meat a lot of protein in this country um and a lot of cheap meat as well um you know if you're getting my approach would be use the local butchers buy some nice free range or organic meat once or twice a week and make it last you know buy a chicken have a roast chicken on a sunday do something that's just with the leftovers the next day and then do a soup or something or make a stock and use it for risotto on the third day make it kind of go a bit further or use meat as the something that's added so you're just doing a pasta sauce with a little bit of bacon in rather than it being all about the quantity of meat i went to do some work with a nursery recently and um they were having problems with getting the children to eat well and the kitchen staff weren't sending out brilliant food and and then going in and talking to all the different people who were involved in food and the nursery nurses are very important because they're the ones who are sitting with the children and talking to them about food and it turned out that a lot of these kids ate at mcdonald's every day not occasionally this is where they would go to for their lunch um while all the children were having what was you know whatever was being served up to them at the nursery um and the food was coming out and the nursery nurses were saying oh that's disgusting not all of them but some of the younger ones um saying oh that's horrible oh, i wouldn't eat that and so of course all these little children are looking at the people that take care of them that they really like who are saying they wouldn't eat that because it's got vegetables in it and knowing that these people are going off to mcdonald's and stuff and you know it's that kind of it, ha- it has to kind of come from the top down that everyone changes their eating habits and you know eating more vegetables and it's got to be better it's got to be good for you they're cheap they're easy to cook they're fast to cook and yeah you know just cooking a little bit of pasta or quinoa or rice to go with it rather than it all being about the carbohydrates and the meat with a kind of suggestion of veg on the side it's funny i, was, I remember someone saying to me that we've got it back to front the way we serve up meat it really yes. should be the fistful of meat on the on the plate and not vice yeah. versa if you look at the healthy eating plate it has it's half of it is vegetables and fruit um and then a quarter of it is basically a quarter is meat and a quarter of its carbohydrates when you look at most people's plates what they have is an enormous plate of pasta or you know a great big pile of potatoes with a great big pile of meat and then they'll have you know a little bit of veg on the side whereas yeah it should be the other way around it should be lots and lots of vegetables with a little bit of meat and a little bit of carbohydrates um it's, it's just much more nutritious so it's kind of changing the way people think about food and what they think about being as the starting point so how you were saying you've got a glut of marrow kind of using that as the starting point is the perfect thing isn't it and then you're thinking okay well, we could do that with a little bit of pasta or we could do it with some potatoes and cooking it up with lots of tomatoes and onion and stuff. And yeah. rather than most people say, oh, I feel like pasta tonight. And you quite often see that then the pasta sauce is this little dollop of sauce on the top of an enormous mm. quantity of pasta. Now, this is beginning to sizzle and you can see just the edges are cooking yeah. through, aren't they, on the... I want to call it an omelette, but it's not an omelette, but the tortilla part of yeah. it. Um, so at this point... I'm going to transfer it to the oven under the grill. And it's looking really, you can see almost little um, little pools, can't you, of 
Um, I suppose it, it must be oil in places, Louise, just sort of bubbling on tops of the potatoes. Is that right? Little bits of oil glistening. It smells delicious. The herbs are really coming mm-hmm. through, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and it's basically really, yeah, completely liquid in the middle, but starting to harden up around the outside, starting to look, as you say, more like an omelette. And so what we don't want to happen is if you left it cooking on the flame with the lid on, it would cook through, but you'd end up with a very cooked base, mm. possibly burnt. So we're going to transfer, take it away from that direct heat and put some direct heat on the top to finish off the top. Um, we want it to be <coughs> lightly golden, not charred. And when there's no flipping or anything like this, is it? No, this? all we're going to do is, it's a non-stick pan, and so what should happen is it very easily just, we'll just put a plate on it and tip it out, mm. she says, hopefully. <laughs> it's what normally happens, but you know, probably all go wrong today. I almost think that sometimes when you see a tortilla served up, it can almost look like um uh, like a, an apple an apple tart or something, when it's so yeah, neatly yeah. layered. Yeah. yeah, this is less neatly layered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, we'll just give it probably five or ten minutes under there, depending on how ferocious your grill is. And you're on the lookout for teachers as well, Louise. Yes, um, we're looking to expand the classes, so we're on the lookout for people that want to come and teach for baby bites, people that have got a background in cooking or nutrition, or, you know, working with children, um, small children. So we're kind of open to, you know, anyone can kind of come up, you know, we'd love to get emails from people, anyone that might be interested, because we're going to provide full training, so they don't necessarily have to be a professional chef that's had, has a background in childhood nutrition. Because what we want is people that are really enthusiastic about food, who are good cooks, whether they're home cooks or chefs, um, and who can pass that knowledge on. Because the whole ethos behind Baby Bites is getting people cooking good food for their families. Um, so, yeah, we're looking for people that are kind of passionate about good food and you know, run classes with groups of mums and dads and kind of pass on lots of tips and tricks and ideas and get people enthusiastic about feeding their babies and children rather than going, oh, God, I think I might just go and get another, sa- another sachet from the supermarket because I can't be bothered. See, that's kind of starting to firm up a bit now. And you're taking it out and about. It's almost like you're going on the road, really, with with baby bites. So you're, you're going into you want community centres and so on. So we are going to expand where we're teaching from, and and the areas as well. Because at the moment, it's obviously only in Bristol that we teach. But we're looking to move into other other areas. So we're kind of looking at we've met someone that's from Berkshire who might start running some classes in Berkshire, and um, it'd be great to kind of get baby bites rolled out and mm. operating. Because there's a lot a lot of people contact me. We've had people come from really quite far away to come to baby bites classes mm. because there's no one else doing cookery classes that are specifically aimed at you know feeding your family so it'd be great to kind of roll that out and give people that opportunity to it's such a lovely time weaning i mean i can remember when i when i first came and i was really apprehensive actually you know this big step of from Jemima going from just feeding from me to introducing yeah. family foods and it's, it's vaguely yeah. it is quite terrifying because you get a lot of mixed information as well you get um, information from the NHS uh, that's you know normally in kind of leaflets and you're thinking well that's all well and good but maybe that's not the most exciting thing what do I do after the apple <laughs> apple puree and then um, you pick up lots of books and there's kind of people like Annabelle Carmel who are being very dictatorial about it saying you must give them this many grams on this day and that many you know give these very extensive complicated meal plans that 
set most people up to fail because they're impossible to follow um and other people you know and then there's that baby led weaning and there's so many different options and so many different people say do it like this do it like that and when it's on paper it's very hard to work out what's right for you so it's very nice i think a lot of people get a lot out of being able to come along talk with other mums demystify it all a bit realize that actually as long as they're cooking meals at home they will be able to feed their child well um that they're not going to get it wrong um that it's just about you know that is an exciting thing rather than something that they're going to completely mess up and Relax and enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Relax and enjoy it. Now this is beginning to look different, isn't it, in the oven yeah. here? Oh, a minute or two more, just to brown off a bit, but it's completely set now. I think Jemima's at a really interesting stage at the moment where she's doesn't want to sit in a high chair. <clears throat> she wants to sit at the booster chair, so at the table. So yeah. she's very much picked up that she's feeling more dislocated on the high chair yeah. and it doesn't matter that the table you know is far too high for her uh-huh. she's a part of that yeah. and it and it's whatever is on mummy and daddy's plates she wants to eat yeah. which is what she's eating anyway yeah. but she wants it from your plate as yeah. well but i mean that is um that's kind of the perfect example of um the positive effect eating together as a family mm-hmm. has um, children that are always eat by themselves and you know when when babies are very small and they're eating at five o'clock because they're asleep by six thirty, seven o'clock it's very hard to eat dinner with them at that time but um as they get older it's much easier to push their meal times back a little bit and pull your meal time forward a bit um and the positive effect it has on them because they then feel a part of something they're learning all about food is something to be shared and enjoyed together that it's not just about feeling full and nutrition mm-hmm. that was just turn that off that's all done and that parents who sit down and eat with their children are much more likely to make an effort to serve up something that's really tasty and nutritious. Mm. Because if you've got to get a meal on the table for the kids very quickly, uh, you're more likely to reach for the can of beans, the fish fingers, the oven chips, things that you might not fancy for your dinner, but you know that the kids will eat and it will take five, ten minutes to get hot and on the table for them. Um, If you're all eating together, then you're like, actually, no, you know i'm going to take half an hour and i'm going to get a pasta sauce on or i'm going to grill a bit of fish and you'll and you might make a salad and things so even if your small child isn't at the stage where they're eating salad yet but they do like avocado and cherry tomatoes then you'll make that effort to put some avocado and cherry tomatoes in there so that they can get the idea of starting to eat salad and they're seeing mum and dad eating salad and as you say jemima now wants what's on your plate even if she's got the same she she wants to make sure it's the same she Mm. wants to she wants to be like you and that's Mm. kind of that's the message that's being passed on you know it's if um they will try more things they'll be open to more things and they're much more distracted when they're eating by conversation uh what's going on and they're more likely to eat for longer whereas if you're in a high chair by yourself with mum or dad just in the kitchen kind of buzzing around occasionally plonking more things down children get bored you know they want to interact so they might kind of eat enough food for them to just about feel full and then they want to get down they want to kind of join in with family life again whereas if you're all sitting down together they're much more likely to eat slower uh, try more things be exposed to more things more tastes and flavors so yeah it's kind of the benefits are endless to the whole mealtime experience yeah, yeah, yeah definitely and it's something that's really enjoyable as well you know for the parents as well to sit down and it's kind of 
one of the things about having children, isn't it? Mm. Spending time with them, not As just a family. Yeah, yeah, not just sticking them in another room to <laughs> make a mess. And <laughs> right, we'll turn this out. Now, this is the bit, Louise. That if it was me, I'd be really worried. It would all. I always I say my food tastes great, but the presentation isn't always completely up to scratch. It could turn into a scromlet. Oh, yeah. she's got she's got the knack. And it's about an inch thick, isn't it? There, plate on top, like you're doing a sandcastle. Over it goes. Oh, fabulous. That looks beautiful. Lovely little tortilla. And actually, if you think about eating a quarter of that, it's relatively substantial, mm. isn't it? So you would serve that warm then with veg, or you wait for mm. it to go cold and lunch boxes? Either. We can have a slice warm now. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really good with a tomato sauce, or if you've got anything like pesto, you know, just whacking a bit of pesto mm. with it. Some fried mushrooms. Yeah, mushrooms are in season now, so mm. kind of doing a little ragu of mushrooms mm. would be really delicious with a bit of tortilla. But yeah, anything you've kind of got to hand. Because it hasn't got really strong flavours itself, it goes very well with other things. Mm. So it is a case of if it's the last day of the week and you've just got, before you go shopping and you've just got kind of various bits of veg left that need using up, it goes, it makes... Um, a nice part of a meal of many little dishes, which is, I guess, it's traditionally it's a tapas mm. dish, isn't it? Which is many little dishes. So I can imagine it with olives, actually. Mm. So now all that's left is to try it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right, so she's cutting in straight down the middle. Oh, it's been cut like a cake. This is fabulous. Yeah. So having said, if it was put on my plate, it's just one quarter. I'd think, where's the rest? I'm taking that right back. Because <laughs> yeah, it looks, yeah. yeah. It's more substantial. Now it's out the pan. It smells delicious. The potatoes, they do look appley. I think my comparison wasn't completely yeah, off. It's, no, you're right. Mm. This is the best bit. So let's take a look. Weapons at the ready. Oh, that's really good. So it hasn't got any salt on it. Mm. But it doesn't need it. And the you potatoes. Have a bit of cheese as well is quite nice. Mm, you wouldn't need masses, so I think the mistake I make when I do an omelette is that the cheese starts to dominate. Right. And then it's just a great big gooey... Mass of cheese. Yes, exactly. What do you think, Louise? So, mm-hmm. are you pleased? Yeah. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> I was going to say, I took a really polite mouthful. Louise has gone straight in there. Yeah. <laughs> Not the thing to do when someone's recording you, actually, is it? <laughs> just downing it in one. <laughs> It's really nice. The herbs come right through. The texture's lovely as well, which would also be good for kids, I can imagine, mm. and little, little ones. Mm. Yeah, finger food is perfect. Mm. My nine-month-old loves tortilla. Mm. He will just sit there and kind of squish it up and stuff it in his face, mm. and he really enjoys it. And then knowing that he's having all that egg and nice filling potato, mm. and it's a good little meal for him. I can imagine it'd be nice with um, a tomato sauce as well, mm. just on the side. Um, spinach goes really nicely with it as well. Mm. A little, fr- little bit of... Um, Fried spinach and nutmeg. Mm, a hit. And it was an absolute hit, and not just with me. I managed to uh, have a little bit of leftovers and take home. And I was rummaging through the fridge thinking, well, where's that piece of tortilla gone? And uh, Jemima had well and truly polished it off. So I promise you, it really is uh, an absolute winner. And don't forget, if you have any ideas or things you want to get in contact with me, please do. You can drop me a line. Hello at freelancebristolmum.co.uk.